Hello and welcome back to Black Girl Couch Reviews. I'm your host Christina. We are back for another episode of Southland. This is season two, episode number three, entitled U-Boat, written by Christopher Chulock and directed by Ann Biederman. I actually really like this episode. Um, I gave it a 10 out of 10 because I think it definitely touches upon one of and a personally experienced uh, incident that I had with a stalker and it's uh it's very and probably even more so in different states so uh you know it, it's very scary how you have to deal with that situation and it's limited to what law enforcement can actually do when someone is actively stalking you so maybe that just hit close to home and I really um that was a sad part of this story but I really liked seeing Ben out by himself for the first time he is very much a white knight type of officer (laughs) he is you know he's always with the smiles all the women love him he's got kind eyes in his heart of hearts he is a good person that does not want to see anyone being taken advantage of and he wants to do everything in his power to make sure that doesn't happen but even in the role that he has in the power which was a word that was brought up this episode which is interesting the power that he has due to his uniform and probably the reason why he signed up to be a policeman to begin with at such a young age when he felt powerless to get that back and be able to be that person really hits home for him and he uh gets his first dose of reality in how you handle these situations but he's also a really good officer and i think that's what with the same in the same respect that his partner cooper is did i say the right one sherman ben sherman yes john cooper is also a good cop but you can see that gray that he's talking about at the end of the episode so before we do jump into the recap wherever you're listening to this podcast it's your itunes podbean spotify amazon go down to the rating section drop a few stars leave me a review i very much appreciate it my social media will be there as well remember to like share and subscribe and if you want to send feedback for southland or any of the other shows that i do blackercouch at gmail.com so we're going to stick with the lydia storyline first and then we'll get to the the john cooper and chicky storyline and then we'll end it off where the episode ended with ben in his solo ride lydia has a really bad dream well at first i was very confused because i was like what are we doing a rerun <laughs> as we see her going into the safe getting her shotgun out once her home has been burglarized for the people looking for a homegirl forgot her name already and then you see that the person that she shot at the bottom of the stairs is actually russell then she wakes up what does this mean we don't know however my take on it is that she feels some kind of 
survival's guilt because this him being shot has destroyed part of his life a great deal of his life that he enjoyed but also once again that power especially when you uh have to deal with the power dynamics in that relationship but it also has seemingly pushed lydia into this uh like she was on the phone i don't think we've ever heard her say uh i love you i was like where did that come from (laughs) uh but clearly they must have said it in the past they've been partners for a very long time there's a dependency there that she no longer has that he had fulfilled for a very long time and now that she doesn't have that particular bond or whatever with her with the person that she's used to sharing a great deal of her life which is all of her life which has been her work yes she has things going on with her personal life but for the most part they seem or definitely Lydia seems to be engrossed in that world so much that she never had to think outside of it because she always had Russ there to to shoulder the burden with her and she doesn't have that particular bond in she's still struggling to let that go with her new partner her new partner (laughs) is being uh hazed a little bit because he got to put all of his famous pictures out because he is not trying to hide that he has ambitions and wants to go places i see what you mean shy that their dynamic is a lot more fun per se versus what we've seen because we've only had one season of russell right so i also think that two things may be happening i've only watched the show once so either i'm misremembering the relationship the closeness of the relationship between lydia and russell because i get it you don't see it a lot in season one and i meant to bring this up last episode as well or that hasn't hasn't been presented in a way to the audience yet for you to catch up or to to understand it because it does seem at this point that it is a lydia thing like she's saying that we have this bond we have this closeness and yet all we're seeing is lydia constantly trying to connect with her partner and not the reversal so i understand how one can feel like okay well i don't understand why you're so caught up with this particular bond and i think it hasn't been you're right contextualized enough and uh built enough uh, what's the word i'm looking for developed developed enough for the general audience viewing point it's just what we're hearing from the, these particular two people other than when like the one scene when they was in the house like it's very small so in this episode i got it so much more when you saw her calling the hospital she's she's calling the phone she keeps calling him partner which every time they would always pan to <laughs> to cordero's face says because she gets a call from the and i love that they brought that back the girl from season one with the baby in the street she's her support system 
she goes over there she's freaking out because she has a visitation tomorrow but lydia kind of has been busy (laughs) she's like dead bodies didn't stop happening (laughs) people didn't stop murdering people (laughs) that's just a hilarious like what what do you want me to do people are still killing each other and i still have to do things about that yes i know then she's like chill okay i'm sorry i'm sorry basically i know i ain't visited you in like two months and i'm supposed to be your support but i haven't been very supportive so she invites cordero to go over to her house to check out that she's ready for visitation or for the review and you know he's all for it and then he sees that and you see that lydia also has that very personal connection going on a little too personal connection kind of what we saw from russ in season one (laughs) where he was following up and it may have seemed more creepy because it always is when it's a man and a woman but she has that same hands-on approach where she's getting personally involved uh to the point that someone can call me and start cursing me out on the phone with the cases that she gets and because russ has that same mentality that's also something that they shared and could continue to discuss about while they're there she tells them that the kid the crib broke i don't think there was a crib ever in there i think you've been having that baby in the bed the whole time she's like no but he likes sleeping with me you know how many parents have rolled over and smuggled their babies i'm like that big a baby though i mean i was thinking it probably if an infant that would be a much (laughs) that that child looks fucking too okay uh i would think with him having a little cot at the end of the bed would be good enough (laughs) that's trying but she offers to get him a crib because she says that he broke it then when they get to the crib store that was so cute between them he was like oh honey he's like i think it looks beautiful and the lady's like you're such a pretty couple when are you due bitch i'm not pregnant i run seven days a week get back motherfucker you don't know me like that get back motherfucker you don't know me like that yeet, yeet. Woo, woo. i ain't playing around make one false move i take it down get back motherfucker you don't know me like that get back motherfucker you don't know- she did not have to snatch her edges off like that <laughs> she's like well um i thought you didn't say anything (laughs) you didn't say we're not married he's like oh honey then she said give me your credit card (laughs) i'll pay you back (laughs) another look into her personal relationship with russ she probably snatched his card every time she had a charity case or something to do and he probably was like okay and gave her the card because he come from money clearly uh so yeah that was that was hysterical because she straight took that card it was like (laughs) just for now but seriously when you gonna when we we gonna put this in writing and she has the crib delivered they then go to a homicide well it's not a homicide some kids were trying to do a jackass filming stunt and one of the kids admits to not telling the other one to put a helmet on i don't know if it's manslaughter though like i thought that was a stretch he's not stupid 
Like, I understand if maybe the the kid that died had was mentally handicapped in some capacity and thus couldn't make decisions for himself but he looked like it's just as old as them if not older couldn't see with his head smashed on the pavement but all of this was dumb you're gonna do you're gonna do a bike stunt into a damn pool that's empty and you thought that concrete is not gonna matter and you said no helmet so of course yeah you're dead and he's pissed off at the kids but i'm thinking eh, i don't even know how you could do manslaughter you were stupid all by yourself (laughs) it doesn't matter if your friends tell you to take off your friends tell you to do drugs it's not their fault if you start becoming a drug addict that's still your responsibility however he says it's uh lydia's call she said we'll run it by the da since they ain't going anywhere then he's called a pig when one of the kids turned <laughs> what was that all about what you looking at pig I'm like go back to 1995 when that was actually an insult to a police officer you're a piece of shit that's what i would have been thinking and said it as i walked away <laughs> uh, then as they are driving back to the station he asked if she wants to get something to eat she says no she's gonna go past the hospital he's already heard her calling him on the phone not only she she was playing a, a my mother you can't reach him on one phone so you call another phone and then you see that the wife is looking over he's getting all this information about how he's got to have more surgery it is a little one-sided i will say lydia as far as you know you could ask that how he's doing <laughs> before you go in talk about i just saw which we call it the baby's so big yeah uh her partner makes a complete point uh when she's gonna drop him off the station is basically let him go, let him give him some space right he's not your partner anymore i understand you have a bond yes lydia is right you kind of talking on business you know nothing about but i'm saying as a man (laughs) that calling him partner and keeping him up with cases might make him feel a certain way being so helpless in a hospital bed and this was a big part of his life she doesn't want to admit that she's wrong uh and ends up going to the hospital and being proven wrong when she shows up with a cake and she didn't even want to walk in i would have been like bitch don't open the door (laughs) because husband and wife are fighting because yes she is blogging about his entire life talking about it happened to her too excuse me bitch oh that's some that's some straight karen shit right there what the fuck (laughs) happened to me too (laughs) it did but you don't sit and blog like you're you're not talking about your experience you're talking about my experience and that's where we have an issue and don't say we share the same no we're not going through the same shit and i'm not even looking at this you just get to to write it and press in without no say so from me that's some bullshit he's like it's not a good time she leaves realize that okay i totally should have listened so she tries to make amends by teasing cordero um i thought it was the other person it was her that was saying you know you get you he was like you because he was mad if it was gonna be someone else but he was like you you teasing me a part of the team i get to be hazed 
<laughs> Are we going to be best friends now? She apologizes. He says it was none of my business. She says, no, you were actually right. I do need to give him some space. And he's like, why don't we go get a drink? She's like, yes, but you better not take me to no fancy ass martinis with 20 year olds, Hollywood. He's like, Hollywood, I'm from the Bronx. And that's how we end that story. Let's go over to Cheeky and Cooper. Cheeky is assigned to basically light duty in the kit or something to that effect in roll call he signs ben's book and after afterwards she goes up to the roll call officer and asks why he said it's for your own good uh no one wants to ride with you or something to that effect like no because she was saying nobody wants to ride with me (laughs) he said it was for her own good then she goes out and this is what i did not respect and i think this is why john was like yeah i'm gonna take you out because i'm gonna give you a fucking wake-up call i didn't even like the way she did it like handle your own business you chose and made the decision john you made me you told me to do it john you made me do it no john did not make you do it he told you either you do it now or i'm gonna do it and make you look worse so i know that shy was also saying last episode that it's not her responsibility but i think what they're trying to say is there's a code maybe you did not say that maybe i said that there's a code is what i'm understanding here between partners where you're supposed to have your partners back no matter what whether they need help maybe that is unfair but it seems to be what the code is between (laughs) this particular brotherhood so in his mind you know you should have dragged him to rehab if you were gonna stay with him or you should have gotten the fuck i think i was saying that like i would have got the fuck off i'm like yeah i'm gonna find a way to get away from this problem what he's saying is dewey had a whole bunch of problems and issues but he still understood what it meant to be a good cop quote unquote i don't know about that um but then I listened to him at the end of the episode when he talks about the great, you get you understand it a little bit better. And his definition of good cop is taking care of the criminals, making sure you're the law of the land when you're traveling the land, and to put the bad guys away. This is it. You and your personal issues, <laughs> that, that doesn't interfere with you being a good cop. That is the thing that can it's almost like a side effect that should be checked so that you do not become a bad cop am i saying that right i feel like i'm not (laughs) i just as soon as i i heard myself saying i don't think i'm saying that right but he doesn't see things as black and white and cheeky is kind of she should know better at this point and the fact that you're whining to me like a two-year-old instead of taking some initiative taking some understanding and then he's like you're not pondering what it is that you did in the situation you're just focusing on the aftermath of the situation and so she begs him to do something he does uh i love when he softly talks i don't know what it is about michael cutlets when because like when he's pissed off he doesn't 
always scream like he'll do the screaming and he'll get his point across but he does it and then when there are certain conversations because she's whining in front of him he's got his rookie right here his boot it's like come on man you go go get the gear just go get the gear i'll handle this he comes back out he tells him look you are by yourself today you know watch people you're good to go follow your training he's like okay dad if you could not tell i ship the shit out of their friendship i do i every love everything about it so him you know sending him off on this first time and it's just as nice and she's like oh thank you john don't thank me yet <laughs> and it's not even five minutes into it where she starts complaining again and he's like okay i'm gonna tell you how i wanted to tell you in the station that shit was on you like basically you're no longer a good cop because you you're you need to have command presence and you do not have that and thus people are losing respect for you and not only is it people are seeing it in the office but people are also noticing it on the street and so he takes her a ride to prove that point because it's like what you gonna sulk right now no not sulking all right well we're gonna pull over someone uh actually they do pull over one of the the prostitutes that just jumps in a car <laughs> to try to force some business he's like i want you to pay me to make me go away fine i'll pay him give him back his money <laughs> and get the fuck up out of the car and what did he say he says ask it he said ask uh do or make one or the other after they handle that situation there's another situation where uh she's like so close to this car <laughs> that she didn't even see them throwing the dope out of the car after he tells her he's trying to let her leave like show me what you can do you missed the dope being thrown uh you know you're too close he's like i'll handle this you just handle the you know getting the dope by himself he has handcuffed three criminals three perps she comes back with one woman <laughs> and she goes i can't i'm pregnant <laughs> she can't even get her to do what she wants her to do <laughs> proving once again and it is kind of embarrassing when he got three people on the ground with way more ability to actually do something this woman ain't even gonna run fucking far <laughs> before she go cramp up <laughs> that was horrible but it's still funny uh and thus no girl you ain't got no command presence she then thinks that she's about to be wonder woman and just jump in she sees someone on the street you want to get a gun off the street she takes off her seatbelt, jumps out and arrest the guy you know she's got her command presence he's like do what i say do what i say um gets him in cuffs gets the gun he's like how did you know he had a gun i have cop eyes too well you forgot to search him as you should also know to do when making an arrest <laughs> at that point i definitely would have just shut up it's like i made a mistake
and while we all know we all know that homeboy got his own little pill popping addiction issue it thus far has not interfered with his job and so he's like i have it under control it's only when it interferes in your job that you're losing that type of control and that's where i know part of his dialogue definitely felt as if it was uh hypocritical but he's that in his mind he's not being hypocritical and i think that he actually really did he's doing this and he started it off like i used to know a badass cop when i met you that girl is no longer in you and i'm gonna show you i'm gonna prove to you that it's the truth so you may he's like it's not nobody doesn't want to ride with you because of dewey stop thinking that's the problem the problem unfortunately is you you've lost whatever you've had you've hid behind dewey because he's been such a you know been such a a go-getter and you've let yourself get complacent and there's no one else you can blame yourself for that other than yourself he then talks with ben after his shift but we can catch back up that conversation once we go through ben's day at first he stops a a kid who is mowing the lawn in a bikini because it's punishment from his dad because he had his sneakers taken away and thrown up on the power line and pussies will pay or if you or if you are a pussy you're gonna dress like a girl or something to that effect which is terrible to do um and this is how you make crazy ass kids that then slit the throats of their parents or worse just go out and hurt other people because of what daddy made them do not only that you're opening him to ridicule from the entire neighborhood and you're messing with his self-esteem causing nothing but resentment and anger stupid ass parents he's like you're a dick (laughs) i don't know why that made me laugh so hard when he meant that but i know what he meant i know what he felt in that moment right i did i was a coward because i couldn't do anything for my my uh, mother when she was being attacked and thus he took that very personal It, it 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 brought up all of those feelings once again setting the right tone for this day he then goes to a woman's home who uh is making a complaint because a very famous and influential and powerful chef uh is invading her personal space is stalking her because she left him so he pissed in her bed and took a shower in her closet basically saying you know i'm you're territorial right you're being territorial at that moment it's what a dog does he pisses on your shit and i will say would you stop making the hard eyes uh sherman ben you you know you cannot you cannot resist a white woman in peril he cannot at all it is that is his kryptonite right there and he just falls in he's like yeah it's against the against the rules even though i totally broke said rules last time but (laughs) it's totally against the rules but something tells me that if it wasn't or if it would have been another few weeks he might have broke that rule very quickly which i love least his conversation at the end he says we'll start making a paper trail even though she does have a little bit of an order but everyone is protecting him at the restaurant they can't serve him 
which is stupid because why should i need to serve you to make something in force by putting it in your hand like no you come to this restaurant you're gonna get it <laughs> put it on the door and that's that's all the notification you should need because you're gonna need to come here and someone's gonna see it and we can confirm you get it. that's such a stupid thing uh he then goes to the home because uh, there's an interpreter there for a young girl who's missing her father is in denial that she has wandered off or that she has asperger's he then goes to the the school and talks to the the brother who says she does wander off makes the parents come and that's when the teacher is the one that says look she has a disability she's a bit of a savant uh because some people believe you have a disability that means you're you're not smart or talented or you can't do other things but she very much is talented and she's building these auditoriums he calls it in he then gives everyone a good canvas of the area where they're going to search and then he's off of that particular job he gets a call from the the woman again with the stalker she's like he just called me it really terrified me the things that he was saying and then he thought that he could just be i mean to be fair most people would back the fuck off when a cop comes up to your place of employment and tells you to stop they back off because bullies usually don't like to to be confronted by bigger people (laughs) than them that can take them out but this unfortunately causes uh the opposite to happen and at the end of the episode there's a 911 call after he finds the girl because he's called back to the the residence with the missing child where the mother says it looked like you had kind eyes and shows her all of the things that she has been doing he's like have you ever taken her to this place and that's how they're able to figure out which area he just finds her (laughs) i love the black cop if i saw a little girl walking away don't you think i would do something about it he's like don't act like everybody is a piece of shit he returns her home everyone's already congratulating him for that then he rushes back to the scene where he is straight up just choking the life out of this woman and he has to break through the glass to get through get him off of her she is unresponsive the medics get there uh the guy is cuffed and she's dead she's like she's unresponsive this time meaning she's probably had them come once again it's it's sad that you can be stalked and and people don't take you or they there's not much it's not even the people don't take you seriously it's not much action they can do unless they've they cross the line and it's proven that they cross that line and this ends with her life being snuffed out from her by a narcissistic ex that simply said no you're not leaving me and he ruined her reputation wasn't enough she couldn't get work that wasn't enough the fact that she could go to a police officer and get assistance was too much for him and i think he personally thought you know with the way in which john or not john ben got personally involved he's like oh this your new man everything about it pushed his territorial uh thought and it it pushed him over the edge and that's what ended up happening i'm not 
pointing the blame but that's that's what the type of person that you're dealing with which is why you should never try to really honestly get involved in that capacity <laughs> i wonder how much uh shy is gonna have to say about that because uh, i i really thought yeah like i i want to do what i can on my end to help and support you but i can't that i felt like him going to the thing you want to be able to do that and you can do that and that's what him and michael discuss at the end of the michael cutlets <laughs> him and cooper discuss at the end of the episode where he tells him you have a lot of power out there he asks him if he's okay he's like i don't want to talk about it <laughs> <laughs> even though you're like totally walking behind me and i'm totally looking at you like i want you to ask me but i don't want to talk about it but also seriously everybody's congratulating me like i did something good and i started beating the shit out of that guy and he was handcuffed but of course everyone feels the same it's like this this piece of dog doo-doo turd of life just took an innocent girl's life away because of his own personal psychological issues of ownership and control and power has nothing to do with anything other than a just disgusting trait so of course everybody understands it's like yeah you whooped his ass is what i would have wanted to do (laughs) but not only that you know you got in there you jumped through the window you're a cowboy you're you're one of those cowboy type of cops and he says that i don't know where the line is and he's like yeah all you rookies come out and you think it's black and white and a little bit he talks about that command presence and the fact that you know if you are going to handle things non-violently you need to have a certain tone you need to have a certain presence when you are dealing with people and criminals even just people regular people on the street um but they're able to switch that when you're dealing with someone that requires a little bit more um and so he tells him look we all live in the gray (laughs) and and that's that's the the gist of it you know you're you're going to feel that power you're going to want to do more you're going to be tempted with all of this stuff but being a good cop you know that is also what most people strive to do on this but to say that it's all this black and white bullshit it's not he then goes back to where the shoes are tied up or strung up and he invites john john says uh you see you still have his back problems but he sits down next to him he's like thank you for coming he's like i just he tells him that he had a baby die on him and i can't even imagine where he tried to do cpr again and again and again and it just didn't it didn't work uh it didn't work he choked or she choked on an apple and he couldn't let go so that's also another theme in this episode about letting go about dreaming of the things that you could not let go which is the other aspect that i was bringing into the lydia situation did russell get shot bring up maybe buried emotions in regards to letting go of this partner that she's had and not realizing how how tangible or entertaining what's the entangled 
that they had become so i like the the themes in this episode i love the consistency of the themes in this episode i love that they got the kid's shoes down he just called the you know he went and called the the fire truck and he's like look if you can do good do good when you can but you can't save everyone amen to that shit so those are my praiseworthy thoughts on the episode but we do have feedback let's head to the mailbag Hey Christina, it's me, Shy. I am here to give my feedback for Southland episode three of season two. I really enjoyed this episode, and it's probably more to do with the fact that I Ben's story in particular really resonated with me um, because um, just like what Cooper said at the end about living in the gray, and that you know the world is not black and white and the fact that you can't save everybody and you know of course we got that you know in the beginning of the episode when um ben had you know smashed the glass to get to try to save the person that was inside once i when he once he met that woman and he was she was talking about the stalker her stalker ex-boyfriend that he was getting in her house pissing on her covers and all that stuff i knew that it, it was going to be her um because that is that situation plays out way too often um for i mean sadly it just does and for me i i remember going through something similar um no one died um it wasn't about someone dying it's about um the fact that i've been working with this um this little girl for two and a half years since she was five and at this point it was like she was almost eight seven and a half almost eight years old and I was working with um getting her adopted her and her sister adopted by this family um so they appear to be this great you know family oriented family the adoptive dad was you know so attentive the adoptive mom was so attentive i mean they took the girls in and made you know and it appears like they were making them a part of the family they were bringing them to all their extended family functions and you know treating them like their own and so and that was that would i mean in in the beginning i mean at the time i should say that i was fooled out into thinking that this was a perfect situation for them and the in in the perfect family for their you know for them they the girls have been through a lot of trauma and so um so I would meet with them and you know everything was going well until one day I came into work and then I was told that they had to be taken from that family and that the little girl that um had went to school and had um disclosed uh, to her uh, counselor at school that she was being molested by the adoptive dad. And so, of course, I was completely devastated. Um, I was, you know, I mean, it made me question, you know, what I was doing and, you know, the what ifs, you know, and all that stuff. Just, it just makes you even, I mean, we're human. I know that, 
But at the same time, you know, when you are in the business of wanting to keep children safe and wanting to put them in situations where they're going to be safe, they're not going to experience any more trauma. And then to know that you are part of putting him in, in a situ- her in a situation where she got harmed further, it's, it's, it's devastating. And so it took me a long time to get over that. And so I related to what Cooper said too, because to this day, and it's been four years since that happened, but to this day, I still think about that. And certain things will bring that up for me. Um, certain situations I'll think about, um, that whole that whole thing and it's it's just hard i mean and you know you just go about you you move forward you go about the business of um continuing to try to make the world a safer place for children that are experiencing trauma that are being abused but you know those 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 cases that didn't go well stick with you um no matter the successful ones that um end up happening and you know before that or after so yeah, so that that whole story, um, as sad as it was, and it just really resonated with me. Um, so I enjoyed it. Um, as for Lydia, uh, yeah, I was. <laughs> I, I knew that Cordero felt some type of way and about her continuing to call Russ partner, uh, even though he was her new partner. And I understand that. And I understand where Leah's come from. It's hard to let go and to move on and to know that. I mean, especially when you have this, like she was talking about this bond with Russell. And, you know, they were partners forever. I don't even know how long. But, you know, it, there, it's like, you know, you're, it's like a married couple in a way, your partner um, in that situation. You spend so much time with each other. You get to know each other in that way. And so and she even talks about how, you know, I love you. Um, because I mean, you do it. It can go that way um, when you have a partner like that, especially a really good partner. I mean, I might not be the biggest Russell fan, but I mean, Lydia clearly um, had a strong bond with him, and so letting go of that was challenging for her. Um, but she understood that. And Coop, oh, Cooper, Cadero had a really good point. I mean, he finally had to lay it out for her. Like, just I think I was talking about that about how Russell might be. You know, it's hard for Russell to see. I mean, even though she's thinking she's helping and trying to keep him involved and like, I haven't forgotten you. And she even said that. Um, But sometimes it's hard when you're hearing, you know, everyone's moving on and everyone's, you know, uh, things are happening and you're stuck in this position. You're stuck with this medical condition and you're be pissing out of a bag and you don't know what your future is going to be you don't know if you'll ever get back to that and so to be reminded of all of that can be hard it can be traumatic um i will say you know kidera he's a sweetheart and he she's like you're gonna pay for half of it on your card and he's like okay (laughs) so he really i think he really likes her um I'm I'm not talking about romantically, but just as a person, and he really wants. I think they're helping each other uh, grow as people. I mean, him to be less uh, spotlightish, and her so more grounded, and for her to, you know, be okay to have fun and laugh and you know have a good time a little bit. Because she's. I mean, it's like 
you know, she's this beautiful black woman and she just spends all her time by herself. So I'm needing Lydia to get out more and to, you know, do some things. I mean, I'm not necessarily date, just... I mean, we saw it a little bit. She has some friends. Like, let's see her hang out with friends. Like, I'm sick and tired of this. I'm glad I didn't get them this episode. But I'm so not interested in Sammy's personal life. I'd rather see what Lydia's got going on and see her do stuff. Um, Then we got Chicky and Cooper. And, man, Cooper did not hold any punches with her. And, you know, I think... I think what tended what happened in the case of you know I mean Cooper had a point but I think what happened in her partnership with Dewey is that she lost herself with it because he's such a loud and in your face and you know that you know that type of a person and that she slowly I I don't think she realized it but she slowly um, withdrew withdrew and shrunk as a person i hope i'm making sense when i say that and as a cop and so because he was so big that she became small compared to him if that makes sense and so it's just you know it's sad you know when you have that dominant personality that you know overshadows you you tend to just you know just shrink sometimes and it appears that's what happened to her because it's not like she's a bad cop but she just you know the situation just overcame her and so it became a maybe she was a little bit dependent on that that's why she accepted Dewey back um as her partner because now once it was when it's just her and whoever else it was it became scary because it's been Dewey for so long um I hope that makes sense what I said um but yeah the boy that that dude that that chef dude I'm like, that man crazy. <laughs> that man is completely crazy. First, he's trying to make her out to be, I don't remember her name, out to be the crazy one. And then he's going to turn around, what, a few hours later and kill her? Uh, I mean, I, I just, it's like, dude, it, it was it that serious? And even she was saying it was only six months. And so I guess because she had the audacity to leave him, he could his ego couldn't handle it. So he resorted to killing her like he wasn't like he was going to get away. But that's what happens when you have money and you've been you've been getting away with stuff for so long. You just think you're above the law. But anyway, I'm at my limit. So that's all I got until next time. Much love, peace and black girl magic. Queen of the couch. Shy. That was Queen Shy with her feedback on the episode. I uh, appreciate you sharing about your experience. That sounds absolutely horrible and something that I, unfortunately, I, I think I've said, stated, I've watched a lot of true crime podcasts. I, I probably shouldn't. I used to be back in the day, I used to watch Snapped all the time and everything on court TV, uh, except for the court cases, always everything that came on late at night. I don't know why I would do that to myself because it just made me very paranoid after like six months of that shit <laughs> but back on track um yeah that is unfortunately something that that happens so often and it's the same thing with what happened with the 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 guy at the end like that was very i mean i can pinpoint all of the behavior because i've, I've seen it so many times in these true crime podcasts about 
you know women leaving men and that it's not even about their it is their ego but there's something psychologically disconnected there um that power and fame yes make them feel even more inflated to do so but i also think that you know with with his actions and how ra irrational they were clearly there's something else going on there psychologically you know he just happens to also be a famous chef <laughs> uh because she said he's done this before with his other women he has a tendency to do it so if you have a pattern of behavior i think that it doesn't always have to coincide but you're right it the power and the influence certainly aren't doing the victims any favors because now they have more of an avenue to destroy or make havoc on your life and that's terrible uh and men do this a lot of men more men than than I, i'm comfortable i'll be waiting for the women's stories because there's female stories of killers too because they always love to poison their husbands or their children i feel like that's a very consistent thing but off topic back to this episode that is unfortunate it's unfortunate you have to live in that gray area and you you all you can do is hope for the best and make the best judgment at that time and you know it's something that uh <laughs> no i i move the tv show references all the time but walking dead i know you didn't watch that show but there's a point where you know uh michonne sees one of her friends and she's like i should have seen it i should have seen it i should have seen the eat in the guys like some people are so evil that you you can't it's like they're they're that good at hiding who they are um and that's not on you you know that's not on you to not just not spot it all the time i mean um so that would i yeah i've also had very bad situations where i've had like nightmares regarding some of the patients i used to work at because i've had one that choked to death um and that's when i knew i could not do that job because i was i would just plummet emotionally but that is what you know differentiates is that you have that capacity to continue to move forward but it gives you more of a a um a need or desire or ambition to make sure the next time you know and those those signs like that that i think it it makes you that it still sticks with you makes you uh so much more better at what you do um because you're not only able to to see that but take some kind of inspiration in a way even though it's sad and terrible but it is to you know i'm going to make sure this doesn't happen to someone else i'm going to keep doing what i do so that i keep saving people uh on to chicky and yeah totally uh you're right she allowed herself to become diminished and i think that's what he was trying to point out to her the entire episode is that you allowed that to happen and rather and now that he's out of your life you're still blaming him and it instead of moving forward and reclaiming what you have lost because you did lose it you you know and that's the reason people don't want to ride with you not because you turned in dewey and that's something you need to know uh yeah the whole ben situation i got a heart ben every time every single time and the thing with russ too um i'm gonna chuckle i'm just gonna keep it to myself for right now but i'm gonna chuckle 
but the whole thing with Russ, he was completely right about that with Cordero. Um, and he does. He, he chose Lydia. And I get it. You want to see more of their outside lives. And you do at some point. I, I know they do try to give everyone. You're just like, I'd just rather just focus it all on Lydia. They're not going to do that just because you want it. <laughs> but I feel the same way. I, I concur. I would much rather see more Lydia scenes and no Tammy and and Sammy scenes but unfortunately <laughs> that would probably be unfair but yeah she does have a personal life she has friends she has her mom you know we saw her go out last season she had sex with someone she tried to start a relationship with someone but it's difficult for her because she's very strong decisive she's the kind of woman to be quite frank and we know it's out there that intimidates a lot of men and they don't approach them and then she's also a woman that lives for her job that is whatever's happening in her personal life her job comes first and some people are they're just married to their work they don't have those particular interpersonal relationships because it all is interpersonal with their job so when you blend the two for her i think that's you know she's like i'm not gonna keep putting myself out there and then everyone else becomes threatened or they want me to change this life that i don't want to compromise and change but i also can see a lot of men being intimidated by that particular need for uh, you know independence so that's it's a hard situation to be in <laughs> some of us would know uh and i think that is going to wrap us up yeah that's gonna wrap us up for this week if you want to once again see the feedback for the episode next week blackercouch at gmail.com my social media will be below remember to like share and subscribe until the next time peace hair grease and blacker magic <laughs>